Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. I'm a 32-year-old woman, and I live alone in the apartment that I've called home for the past four years. I live just outside a major city in the United States, and for all intents and purposes, I would consider where I reside to be pretty safe. But after what happened, I really question just how safe anywhere can truly be. I was asleep one night last week, wrapped up tight in bed when a faint but incessant sound jolted me awake. My first instinct was to grab my phone, thinking that maybe it was an app or an alarm that I had forgotten about. But the only thing that greeted me on my phone was the clock saying 2.37 a.m. As I gained my senses, I realized that the sound is not coming from within my room, but from down the hall. It's the sound of a consistent knock on my front door. I sit up and am instantly chilled by this because who in their right mind is knocking on anyone's door? let alone mine, at this hour. I don't have a ring camera, otherwise I check who it is from the safety of my bed. But since that isn't the case, I get up to check out who it could be. I bring my phone with me as I silently creep down the hallway, towards the tapping. As I hit the halfway point down the hall, the knocking becomes faster and louder, sounding almost frantic. And that's when the feeling that something isn't quite right first presents itself. As I get closer, I can hear a muffled voice coming from right outside my door. It sounds like a young woman, and she's pleading. Help me, they're coming. Please help me. This sends a chill of utter fear through me, as I'm now frozen where I stand, no more than about six feet from that deadbolted door. As I snap back, my first instinct is to want to help whoever is on the other side. Her pleas tear at me and I can't help but to be sympathetic. But I also couldn't shake this feeling of dread that coursed through me. I pre-dial 911 on my phone, but hold off from hitting call just yet. And that's when the knocking stops. Now, here's the thing. I only heard knocking at my door, which is odd because there are four apartments in this block, and if there were some emergency, I'd imagine the person seeking help would be seeking it from anybody and everybody. In addition, I live on the third floor, and I can't see anyone venturing up several flights of stairs to specifically seek help at my door, unless something here isn't lining up. I creep to the door and press my eye to the peephole. I'm not sure what I was expecting to see, but it certainly wasn't this. Nothing. Just near darkness. No woman, no person, no anything. There's an outdoor light by my unit, but the way that it sits, it just doesn't hit my door with anything more than a faint glow. I stay at the door, recounting what I heard and how this could be, when from just outside of my view from the door, emerges a large black figure. I have to hold back a gasp because it actually frightened me. But as I keep my eyes trained on it, I'm able to tell that it's a man, a rather large man at that. It looks like he's wearing a sweatsuit or something dark that covers him from head to toe. 
I can't see anything identifying on him, but the way that he moved down the stairs silently, as I believe he stared unshakingly at my door, still sends chills down my spine. I stood there for a minute longer, still silent, although I felt myself shaking, trying to make sense of what I had just witnessed. And no matter how I added up the details, it didn't seem like anything innocent. The pleas of a woman that wasn't there, what I believe now to be a recording, a large man in black off in the shadows, and all the efforts to get me to open my door. I placed the call to 911, and they urged me not to answer the door. They'd send somebody out, and within 10 minutes, I did see police car spotlights flood the parking lot of my complex, but no one ever contacted me to say that they found someone or anything like that. After a few sleepless hours, I went to the leasing office and explained what had happened and asked if anyone else had said that they encountered something like this in the complex. But the leasing agent said that no one else had reported anything. And now this just leaves me with even more questions. Who was this at my door? Why me? It doesn't seem random given all the things I've laid out. So does that mean I'm being watched? I don't even want to think about this last one, but I just can't help but wonder. What would have happened to me if I did open the door that night? Years ago, I pushed really hard to make sure my daughter got a cell phone at a pretty early age, around 12 years old. My former spouse did not really understand why this was such a big deal to me. I could not really explain it at the time, but I had a reason why, and I needed her to have a phone. And part of it was from my own experience as a 14-year-old babysitter. I loved babysitting for Jack and Diane. Not only were they the coolest couple ever, but their kids were sweet and so fun. They had a little toddler boy, Matt, and John, the baby. Jack was a biker, and he often picked me up on his Harley, which was the most amazing thing ever. And his wife loaned me a lot of her leather clothes to wear to rock concerts. They went out partying a lot and the job itself paid pretty well. It was like a dream job to a teenager. They were out clubbing one night, and I'd put Matt to bed and rock John off to sleep. It was a cold evening, so they had taken the Mercedes instead of the bike, and it was late. Even with checking on the sleeping kids regularly, I was getting sleepy myself. It was never really an issue. They didn't mind at all if I dozed off to sleep, which is what happened this night. I woke up with a start, heart pounding. I have no idea what woke me up. Neither kid had come out, and there was no discernible noise. But for whatever reason, I was now wide awake and terrified. I had just gotten my panic under control when I heard a car door slam shut. I looked out the window and saw that they were home, so I went to open the front door. Diane came rushing in, and one side of her face was horribly swollen, and she was bleeding profusely. Stupidly, I asked, Did you get into a fight? She raced past me to the phone at the dining room table and began dialing. It was an old tabletop style of phone. Jack came in next, flying right past me and screaming. He grabbed the heavy phone receiver from her hand and bashed the side of her head in, blood splattering across the wall. She screamed back, holding her very bloody face. Then he smashed her head into the wall. 
She staggered backwards, gushing blood into the bedroom, out of sight. I heard more screaming and ugly sounds of blows landing when she came tumbling out of the bedroom, thrown through the hallway into the crib, waking up John. She crawled out of the room as he cried, and Jack dragged her into the hallway and screamed at the baby to shut up. I was terrified and didn't know what to do, so I went and grabbed the baby, cuddling him and turning him away from the image of his dad, straddling his mother and choking her. The silence as he settled was almost scarier than the screaming. Was she dead? I got John settled again and came back out into the living room. I didn't know what to do. Diane lay on the floor, broken, bleeding, barely recognizable, but somehow still breathing. Jack told me to sit down as he dialed a number on his cell phone. I slowly perched on the edge of the couch. Diane crawled to me, then gurgling words past the blood. She begged me to protect her babies. I just kept thinking that I was just a kid too. Soon, a bunch of Jack's buddies were there. A few of them said they would take Diane to the hospital. Jack asked if I would stay with the kids. Diane started screaming that if I stayed, Jack would work and kill me. I said I just wanted to go home. One of the guys said he would call his wife to stay with the kids, and they left with Diane. Jack looked at me and told me to get into the car. He would take me home. I had no way to call for help or a different ride. The whole way home, I just tried to stay calm. The turn to my street was at the bottom of a dip. We approached the turn as Jack kept telling me how he didn't want to go back to prison, how he would do anything to not go back. I just kept nodding and agreeing as he took his foot off the brake and drove right past the turn. I looked at him, horrified. I just want to talk. I need to calm down before I go home to my kids, okay? We ended up at an all-night donut shop. He had a coffee and a donut, got me a little something too, and spent more than the next hour telling me how he was not a bad guy. Prison had changed him. I was less than five miles from home, but no way to call for help, and no one knew where I was. I just tried to be supportive and agreed with everything he said. He paid me $50, which was a lot for back then. Finally, we got back into the car, and he drove me home. It was one of the longest nights ever. I woke up to a police cruiser outside my house. Diane had refused to press charges. About a week later, I got a letter from her, apologizing for everything, taking all of the blame. Sometimes, I wonder if she left before he killed her. I wonder if those sweet kids grew up to be good people. So that is one reason why I made sure that my daughter would always have a way to call for help. I'm a 24-year-old male and have lived on my own for about two years now. I have a very small bungalow that I'm able to pretty comfortably afford. In my place, I have an attic area. At a guess, I would say that it's about five by five meters in size and you can only really stand in there at the very center. Anyway, I work the night shift at a factory, basically just sit on my phone all night, so I usually get in at around 8 a.m. I was coming home last Thursday morning during a heavy storm, and I got into the house and just conked right to sleep. When I woke up, I went on my phone 
and saw that I was so tired that I hadn't even checked my notifications. I have a ring camera outside my door, which shows me anybody that may have stopped by my front door. I saw that it had been tripped at 7.42 a.m., although I got into the house at around 8.15 a.m. I checked the video and saw that it was a man. He was pressed right up to the door and was fumbling around with the handle. He did this for about 10 seconds until he spotted the camera. Once he did, he very quickly scuttled away. This unsettled me, but it didn't entirely creep me out or anything. I got up to go make some food and discovered something in my kitchen. The back window was open. I of course instantly began having the thoughts of a home intruder, but slowly chilled out as I convinced myself that maybe I had left it open. The rest of the day consisted of this, just noticing small things that didn't seem right and scaring myself. All up until a point that I leave for my shift at 10 p.m. and I was watching some TV at around 9 o'clock. I spotted something that made my heart leap into my throat. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see it. The attic entrance had slowly began sliding open. I can so vividly remember that I began questioning my sanity. Surely I was just hallucinating or something. I looked over at it and absolutely saw something that made me so much more scared. I saw fingers wrap around the hatch and begin moving it more. I didn't know what to do. I could feel the panic beginning to really get to me, and I wasn't sure if I should leave the house and call the police, or if I should try to yell at whoever was up there. I chose a mixture of both. I began dialing 999 and ran to my bedroom where I could lock the door. As soon as I began running, I heard the hatch get almost torn off with the speed that they moved it with as I arrived at my bedroom door. I looked down the corridor and watched for a second, seeing only a little slice of blackness up in my attic. And that's when I saw the human hand still holding onto the sides of my ceiling. I yelled, whoever is there, I'm calling the police and I have a gun. I do not in fact own a gun. If you take a step out of there, I will f***ing shoot you. The adrenaline was really making my hands and voice shake, but I tried sounding as tough as I possibly could. Then I saw something that I truly don't think I will ever forget. The hands slipped back into the dark, and then the person dropped down. I slammed my door shut and locked it as quickly as I could. The call went through, and I was able to get on the line with the police as they dispatched officers to my house. I told them I didn't know if the man was armed or not, and the dispatcher told me to stay on the line. I heard the man walking up to my door and rattling at the door handle. He also seemingly went through my cupboards and my kitchen, as I heard a lot of commotion coming from there. Truth be told, I don't know why he stayed. I would have just left the house, but he stayed right up until the police came in, and they arrested him there on the spot. Apparently, he was a homeless man and was armed with a knife from my kitchen. He had recently been seen in the area, trying to make his way into other houses. Truth be told, I'm still pretty frightened to be in my own house now. I now sleep with my bedroom door locked and all my windows shut. I also sleep with a knife tucked right under my pillow. I know that this is unlikely to happen ever again, but I just cannot forget the way he dropped straight down from my attic. So that's the story of the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. I made this account just to tell this story. 
because I felt like if I could tell it, maybe it would feel less real. Maybe it would feel more like a story. I don't know. I guess only time will tell on that front.